0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mugamax, that movie's the only movie podcast that took a hiatus for a year to release unreleased episodes from 2017, the year before, and basically recorded no new episodes for a year until now. Basically, 11 months is yet later. How you doing, v GDZ? We're back at the show, talking about movies. This is Monty at Movies, the show where we don't talk smack about movies except when we do, and today is definitely a day where we will. Yeah, the movie we saw today was... Uh... Not, not very good. No, it was not very good. Which is quite a shame, because it is attached to a franchise that is generally very good. A franchise we both love, you especially adore, Hunter Hunter. That series is just incredible. The manga, the anime adaptation, beautiful story, incredibly well read in, really challenging material... This movie, in general, these Hunter Hunter movies, are pretty much the opposite of that. The most—they're the most basic of grabs. Well, you've only seen this one, but as someone who has seen both of them, they are very uninspired, very antithetical to what the series is all about. Very untagashi in their writing style. They feel like generic shonen action. Franchise movies. They feel like you would expect a Dragon Ball Z movie to be, except even worse. Because there is so much less heart in it. Yeah, uh, that's that's very accurate. (laughs) Indeed. But, you know, I'm grateful that we were able to see this movie at all, because... There could have been the possibility we wouldn't have gotten the chance to see this movie, because these Media, who released the movie we are talking about today, Hunter Hunter, The Last Mission, into dealers, they teamed up with Cinemark. I believe that's their name, isn't it, V-Lord? The distribution I think company? Cinodyne. That is their name! Yes, yeah, Cinodyne, they are not a paradigm of great releases or great theatrical screening, organizing, because for the longest time, we were not even sure this movie would be playing in our area. We were not sure there would be any screenings in Minnesota, because whenever we checked the Cynodyne website for this movie, whenever we tried to find showtimes, they said, oh, no showtimes in your area, just keep checking back later, and I was like, when are we going to get the full theater list for this thing? How am I going to know when to see this movie? How will I know when this movie's going to be playing? You don't update your website frequently enough. Yeah, and like, the freaking like, uh, theater locator is just really bad. Exactly, it is really bad. I mean, quite frankly, I think that they were finding theaters for this movie until the very last minute. Also, it's not guy with it's Life Entertainment. Man, we keep getting the name of this company wrong. I hope, though, Viz does not team up with them again, because I think they really did not do a good job of organizing these screenings. Yeah, they, they certainly are, no. Fathom Events! They should, yeah, they should have probably stuck with the uh, Fathom Events like they've done for, like, Sailor Moon and the Muzzinger Z movie. Or Eleven Arts! Both of those, uh, companies are really good at Getting out a theater list that you can reference of organizing screenings at accessible locations at a lot of locations. You know, I think that they do a good job at setting up these screenings and making sure that the consumer knows, Hey, this is where the movie's playing. This is when you can go see it. Here you have a lot of weeks in advance to plan this out. You know, when I, what day I found out that this would even be playing in Minnesota at a theater near us? It was like, a couple days before the Wednesday it was first showing here. I've literally like found out, I think, three days before it was first playing, like, the past Wednesday. Which of course, you know, there was only one showtime on that Wednesday in two theaters in the state, and Wednesdays are not a good day for V-Lord to go see movies because he has class. Yeah. And also, like, how did you find, like, the other showtime I we went to today, though? See? And that's the interesting thing. So, I could not go to that Wednesday showtime because the weather in Minnesota has been awful. It has been, quite frankly, dog We have been suffering. We have been crushed by an avalanche of snow. A blizzard that rages on intermittently in the week. And if it is not snowing, it is deadly cold in the negative temperatures. The week before this, it was so cold that we had to stay locked inside because if you took one step outside, you would get frostbite instantly. It was that cold. It was like wind chill negative 60 it was insane. Also, the cold keeps killing your car battery. It keeps killing the ca- my car battery, because my car is over a decade old, its battery needs replacing, and it cannot handle negative temperatures at all. You know, zero degrees Fahrenheit's the limit. Below that, it is a dead car. It's not fun. Minnesota's not fun. It has not been fun. Not at all. Twice this winter, I have had to get... My car started after a dead battery because it was left out in the cold at negative temperatures. This is what we get for having anime movies near us. We have to survive the cold and the harsh winter. It should not be this way. Generally, it isn't. Generally, you know, when we go to see these movies in the summer, no car problems at all. But in the cold, cold winter, twice now, we have had to endure needing our car jump-started, waiting an hour for help to arrive to help jump-start our car. Because it is just that bad. It is just that bad out here in Minnesota. It was really bad last week, but this week was no exception, because it snowed like hell on Tuesday. There was a brief reprieve on Wednesday afternoon, which I took advantage of to see a few movies on Wednesday afternoon. But, you know, it snowed heavily again. Just when this movie would have been starting, because it had a 7.30 p.m. showtime on Wednesday, that's when it right when it started snowing again, and a snow that took 24 hours, drowning us in snow once again for another day, completely destroying the roads on Thursday, to the point where they had to issue an emergency snow warning, and have all cars not be on the road, which of course did not stop people from... Driving on the road, but still, you were not supposed to. They did close down a... In Minnesota, we have a big highway called the 35W. So, like, they closed down the 35W, which is basically the main way people commute from the suburbs to the city. Mm -hmm. So, with that closed down, all the inside... You had to go through all the inside roads, and those were a mess. So, it was just a nightmare for people commuting that day. Yes, I can only imagine there were a shit ton of crashes. Yeah, but that's that's what I've heard. I wasn't driving that day, but... Oh, no. Yeah. Do not risk it. I mean, I said not to have any cars on the road between 4 a.m. and 8 p.m. for a reason on Thursday. At least in Eden Prairie. But anyway, basically, knowing that it would snow for 24 hours in one of the worst snowfalls this year, which is saying something because we've had quite a few bad snowfalls this year, I canceled my ticket for the 7.30 p.m. showtime, but... When I did, I noticed, oh, this movie is actually going to be playing on Saturday, too. They must have added another Showtime. I don't know why, but maybe that previous Showtime sold out? Maybe they canceled the other Showtime at the other New Vision Theater this was playing at? Maybe people loved the movie so much they wanted to see it again. Oh, wait, they clearly did it because our movie theater was update. <laughs> we will get to that in a moment. But yes, that is how I realized, oh, this is playing at Saturday at one PM on a day where it's not gonna be snowing like crazy. It's not gonna be cold like crazy. It's gonna be a pretty decent day. Why don't we go then? We Lord can come with me. We'll have a good time at the theaters watching Hunter Hunter the Last Mission. And so that is the story how we did manage to snag a showtime. After all odds, you know, it looked like we were not going to be able to see this movie at all. We saw the movie! That's a victory in of itself. I guess. If the movie was good. It would have been more triumphant if the movie was good, for sure. I would agree. But hey, you know, I was prepared to live with it and say, like, you know what, I would have liked to see this Hunter x Hunter movie on the big screen. But, I, I, you know, I know, I've heard it's not the very yeah, good. Yeah, I think, like, the general consensus in the Hunter Hunter fandom is that both of the movies are just kind of trash. Yeah, I saw the first movie just a couple months ago because I noticed the DVD was at the library and I was like, yeah, I should watch this. Our library has the DVD for it? Well, yeah, of course it does. It has a lot of anime available. I, Our library system is good, unlike Colton's. Poor Colton. How he suffered. Yeah, how he is suffering. Because he, has to, he doesn't have a library system he can rely on. It's tragic. This is why you need to support your local library systems, folks. You know, it makes the job of finding manga and anime and consuming them all the more easier. Yeah, it is very convenient... Indeed it is, but yeah, so I watched Hunter Hunter Phantom Rouge on a whim, because I saw the DVD of the library, and I was like, you know what, I should watch this and see what it's all about, and honestly, it was terrible, <laughs> it was really, really shockingly boring, and pretty dumb in terms of the story, we got the Phantom Troop in there for no reason but the cameo, You have this concept of the previous number four spider, the position Hisoka took. Apparently the guy Hisoka killed to take that position in the Phantom Troupe. He's alive again, and he is revived Karapaka's old friend for reasons. And... This could have been an interesting story of tempting Karapaka's mortality, but this movie is about Killua more than it is about Karapaka. And the movie that has the cover of the DVD is Karapaka and his scarlet eye. And it's like, why is this movie that should be about Karapaka, about Killua? So, like, I remember Togashi did, like, the uh, the Karapika backstory one-shots to promote the movie. Do those one-shots have anything to do with the movie? Yeah, they adapt those one-shots into the movie. And that's the best part about the movie. But the execution of that story material is way lesser than in the original manga versions that Togashi drew. Togashi's versions of that story have more sense of dread and ominousness and dramatic tension. Whereas the movie is so flatly directed that that all falls to the wayside. It all falls flat. Even though it is a good story. So, honestly, you don't need to watch the movie for that story. Just seek out Tagashi's version of that in the manga. It's in one of the collected volumes, it's, I think. It's not. It, it got its own volume in Japan. But I don't think Viz ever released that volume. Tragic. Well, I guess if you had a Shonen su- Jump subscription back in the day, you could have read it. Yeah. From There's back in 20. 12, 2013. Something like that. It's Lost in the Abyss, like the Sui Ishida uh, Kisoka one-shot. Yeah. December 2012 is when it came out then. Because the movie Phantom Rouge came out in January 2013. They had like two Hunter Hunter movies in the same year because Last Mission came out in December 2013. They really wanted to pump these movies out of the theaters. Wait, they came out the same year? They came out the same damn year. (coughs) I could have sworn it came out like the year later. Nope, came out within the same year. Oh damn. It's like the old days where they had two Dragon Ball Z movies a year because they played it at a film, at like film festival things for kids. Where they paired it up as a double feature with other franchise Those films. Those are like an hour long. That's like <laughs> I mean, these are genuine, full-length movies, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no wonder these movies don't look so good, because they they're, probably rushed them into production. they clearly rushed. They, part of me just feels like they took like a subsection of a team at Madden. I was just like, okay, take a break from working on the TV animation. Go work on this for a bit, and then come back, and it'll all be good. We need that extra dash. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the most, like, simplistic uh, description of what happened. Yeah, basically. Anyway, I don't even remember what Omokage, the villain of Phantom Rouge's ambition, was. He wanted revenge on the Phantom Troop, I think? I don't remember. I don't really... Care. I thought it was really lame that they basically use his powers that he basically can create zombie evil versions uh, of characters to shoo in cameos from Uvogin and Pakunoda and all that stuff. You have not Illumi, he, he creates like a an Illumi out of Killua's mind to tr- torment him. Uh, very basic character stuff that they try to do, mostly on Killua's end. There's some things with Karapika, but it's such a waste of potential and ideas. And Last Mission is not any different. In fact, Last Mission is much worse than Phantom Rouge, because it takes story concepts that are more dire and more worth exploring seriously and carefully and completely throws them to the wayside. Yeah, that's very accurate. It has a plot in which they could have explored the moral ambiguity of the Hunter Association and talked about difficult questions and come to thoughtful conclusions about them and completely throws away all that potential to have a very basic good-versus-evil narrative that is actually pretty heinous when you think of the implications. Yup. It is shocking to me how much the last mission... Completely misses the point of Hunter x Hunter, or completely misses the nuances of Hunter x Hunter's characters and worldview, and what is intriguing about that world, and all that stuff, and how it completely misses the, misses the appeal of Hunter x Hunter to make get basically a generic Shonen action franchise The characterization movie. is just so hilariously bad, especially with Karapaka. Considering uh, what we know happens now in Dark Continent, it's just like... We will get to that in a moment. I will mention that I think perhaps one of the reasons why this movie turned out so bad is that its director has not worked on any other part of the Hunter x Hunter franchise. They brought him in just to direct this film. Keichiro Kawaguchi, director of Hayate Combat Butler. director of Please Tell Me, Galko chan very recently Mr. Tonagawa, Middle Management Blues. He's directed a few good shows, but I don't think he's directed a good action show from looking at his resume. And of the shows he's directed, I wouldn't say the strength of those shows are the directing. Or the visual execution, I think the strength of those shows were the writing, in the case of stuff like skat Dance and go Chan, yeah, so Those are pretty straight-ed-action from my ears, so most of the merits of those are probably from the source material. Most likely. I thought this film was very flatly directed and had some very boring action and staging, choreography, and all that. And with the exception of one fight, very little of it is memorable visually. Yeah, like, there, there just isn't much that sticks out. And a lot of the animation just feels off-putting at times. Like, it's not like it's terror is like terribly animated. It's competent, but it does not look theatrical. It does not yeah. look like a step up from the show. In fact, I would say it looks worse than the show's best material. It, it, it really does. For one thing, the animation style at times is way different, and that's that's one thing, that's fine. But, like, the action choreography and everything just doesn't work well. It just feels off-putting, it feels fragmented. It really does. I think that there is a lot of limited animation here that really undercuts and diminishes what could have been interesting action sequences. But in general, the fighting ideas, the concepts of the fights is not interesting. The powers of the antagonists are very basic and not clever at all in the way you would expect from Hunter Hunter. They're also very unclear at times what exactly their powers are. There's so much hullabaloo in this movie of characters going, oh, you're not an emitter, you're an enhancer, or something. And then it all just comes down to the fact that, okay, our power is literally Emperor's time, except with none of the drawbacks. Basically, but this whole hullabaloo about, oh, what kind of Nen user are you is completely worthless. Because, for one thing, they're not even using Nen, they're using <laughs> Own, which is just evil men apparently. What kind of Nen user are you? Are you, later? Are you later? <laughs> Oh, someone should make a parody of that song with the Hunter Hunter Nen user types. But yeah, apparently own is just Nen, powered by malice, which, whatever that means... It's the evil Nen. It's evil Nen, even though Nen can be used by evil people, so what is the distinction? I mean, we, we saw how fucked up Nen can be in the Chimera Ant arc. Yeah, like, we don't even need to look at the Chimera Ant Arc. Like, look at Soka. He's a pretty evil person, using his name for evil means. He's killed a lot of people. Hisoka mainly just also, like, doesn't do anything in this movie. Yeah. He just kind of is there, like, watching all the fan the fangirl ships. Like, it was just like, yeah, yeah, that Leorio Karapaka ship right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically, like, like, there is no reason for Ahsoka to be in this movie because he does nothing. He does nothing of consequence. It is kind of, I'm I'm sure they had no idea what Togashi was planning with Ahsoka at the time. But it is funny that they do, like, show him as, like, a floor master in Heaven's Arena. I mean, Togashi probably told them that. He was, like, in this film, he was number 235, right? Like, he was in the upper 200s. Like close to the top. Yeah, because like when he when he does fight Carlo, eventually he is basically near that point. He's basically at the top of the tower. So you'd see a hint that he is climbing the ranks in Heaven's Arena, I guess. But that doesn't really mean much. It, like it you don't need this movie to tell you that. Yeah, it doesn't really mean much in the actual context of the movie. Because he doesn't do anything in the yeah. movie, like. He's just he, like, okay, I'm just gonna let them take care of this. I'm just gonna play with my cards and, like, fuck around. Yeah, he basically makes a bunch of playing card poker metaphors and sexual innu- innuendos and all sorts of vague, ominous He's, like, shit. A, he's so, the self-insert for the shipping fandom, but that's how I see it. Yeah, pretty much. Like... What does he do? He gets Leorio to where Karapika is? And they don't there's need, they don't need to, no do that. For to be there even. Like, Leorio is just there to be Karapika's like emotional anchor to like bring him back to reality when he's tempted to the dark side. Which why, why does he need his, why does, does he so do care that. about that though? Hisoka really does not care. He's literally he's just—he's just, literally just doing it for the ships, and he wanted to see the ship. Basically, he's fucking around. He does not care about what's going on at all. He just wants to amuse himself, and he finds Gon and friends amusing, and that's it. He—he's—he's he's just playing with his cards so that, until he waits for his uh Bf Crowload, to text him back. Basically, he does not need to be in the story at all. He's not a part of the story. He's just there. He's just there. There are a lot of characters who are just there. Really. Like... Bisky. Bisky. Wing. Oh, and our most hated character. The Chad Zushi. <laughs> the Chad Zushi. Wow. So much buildup that... Oh, Zushi is so stronger now. He's got so ripped and buffed. Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna really rock this Battle Olympia tournament. He gets beaten up off screen by one of the mooks in this film. I love that one part where Killua wants to kill, like, those, uh, floor masters that have been mind controlled and Gon's like, no, you can't do that! That's Zushi's job! <laughs> Basically, he's like, Killua wants to kill Zushi's opponent, and Gon's like, no, he's Zushi's opponent! Leave him alive! Zushi's the one to beat him! Like, Gon does not actually care about these guys' lives, necessarily. He's just like, oh... Uh, no, this guy is uh who Zushi needs to fight later, so don't kill him. That'd be oh, oh such a letdown for zushi. you gotta have Zu- let Zushi have his moment. man, we joked about this so much for many years, even have not seen the movie that Zushi ruined the last mission. but honestly, it's true. Zushi did ruin (laughs) everything because the fact that Zushi was entering this tournament is the reason that Gon and Killua were here and Gon and Killua (laughs) meeting with Netero distracted him from the fact that the shadow people were approaching him and got him ensnared in Rengoku the girl's like power thing that entrapped him in the own so he couldn't use his nen and allowed Jeb to do his old plan thing in a jigger. You know, Netero could have ended this thing. If Netero was not caught off guard, he could have ended this in a second. Yeah. Like, these guys were nothing to Netero. But, no, because, you know, Golden Killua, you know, were there. He got distracted. He got captured. It all comes back to Zushi. Zushi could do nothing. He had contributed nothing. He was completely useless. Tries to fight that big Mohawk guy, Gaki. Gets beat off off screen. But then, he hits him in the nose. He hits him in the nose real hard. Oh, he has so much potential. He got one (laughs) hit off screen. You don't even see the fight. (laughs) But wow, Zushi, what a great character. What a strong. He's going to come character. back in Dark Continent and be the most powerful dead user ever. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh my god. Can you explain, because this is a meme, a in-joke between us, V-Lord. But explain to me why you have so much ire for Zushi. Why do you hate this little boy so much? I don't even actually Why do you say that Zushi is the worst part of Hunter Hunter The Zushi ruins this, the entire <laughs> this show? This is the thing. We've had this joke for so long that I forgot how it even started. <laughs> I just remember seeing and knowing that Zushi was gonna be in the last mission and when the last mission was like like, reviewed as, like, super bad and everything, I'm like, it's all Zushi's fault, clearly. He he just randomly showed up and ruined the movie. It kinda was his fault in a way, when you think about it. Like, he does contribute nothing. Everyone has to make up for, like, his screw-up, essentially. I mean, okay, it's not entirely fair, I guess, to place the blame on Zushi, but basically, the only reason the story happens, the only reason that Gon and Killua are there are because of Zushi. Yeah, and then even Lilario's there to, like, become Zushi's physician or something. Basic, yeah, that's the reason Liorio is there, too. It's like, Karapika's the only one that's not there because of Zushi. Yeah, Karapaka's just there because Neon wanted to watch the Battle Olympia tournament or Which whatever. Which is weird, because you think at that point you would have quit and like, yeah. sort of his own agency. Again, so, turning this back to Karapaka, I guess I briefly want to mention uh, the screenwriter... Uh, in terms of, like, who worked on this film and why it might have not turned out so great. So the screenwriter, Nobaki uh, Kishima... They aren't a newcomer to Hunter x Hunter. They were a part of the old anime series. They wrote scripts for the original 99 Hunter x Hunter. Uh, and the gr- but they also wrote the, uh, Greed Island OVAs, which I heard were not very good. Mm. But they brought them back for this movie, and jeesh. Yeah, I don't think they turned out a very good story. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've not seen those original Great Island OVAs, but I've heard they are not very well done. Yeah, I don't even remember when I watched them last, but they're they're not good. They, they mm. really aren't. They seem like a prolific writer. I mean, they've written several Doraemon movies, but I think that's a different kind of story yeah. than what you would expect out of a Hunter Hunter movie. I mean, Doraemon's is clearly the greatest battle shown in of all time. Man, I'm sure there are some. Doraemon movies that even have action in it. Oh yeah, for sure there are. You know, Doraemon movies, on the whole, are much better animated than this movie. Yeah, like, when you have a CG Doraemon movie that looks beautiful, you know Doraemon gets all the good animators. Yeah, it does. Those Legacy franchises get a lot of love. But, to steer the conversation back to Hunter x Hunter, and to Karapika, yeah... The Karabaka in this movie is very confusing to me, because to set the stage here, this movie takes place between Green Island and Ant. Except it's supposed to take place after they meet Kite. Yeah, so it takes place... But I guess before they actually go into the the... whatever the heck the forest was. Well, they said they were in the forest, but I guess this is before they went into... It's before they went into the Country where the Camerians took over. Yeah, you know. So this takes place after they meet Kite, but before they embark on that mission that gets Kite killed. But yeah, so it takes place in between that. So you could technically squeeze it into the storyline, like the last if... movie, you could technically squeeze it in. But why would you? Because nothing of consequence amounts from yeah. it. If thinking anyway. off that logic though, at that point Krapko was already kind of going. Through his downward spiral mentally, yeah. Like this movie is very confusing because Karapika in this movie is not blinded by rage and his obsession for revenge like we know that he becomes after yeah. York knew he becomes a deranged psychopath. <laughs> Yeah, he becomes really unstable mentally. Like when we first see him again after in the beginning of the Dark Hotin arc, when we're introduced to him again when they are trying to recruit him into these zodiacs, like he's completely motivated to join Zodiacs just so he can get to Zerendick and get yeah. the remaining eyes he needs. Like that's his motivation. He's like out for blood. He treadens Miz you know, he is not in a great place. He is completely gone, rogue, gone to the dark, basically. But in this movie, he's kinda ha- he still has it together. Like, and there's this whole thing in the movie that no, don't get up blinded by your obsession for revenge! <laughs> oh, don't God. give in to the own, and give in to the darkness in you! Which Karapika would totally do! Yeah, Karabaka would do that. He did do that in the manga. We know that he did. We know that he's gone through some shit to get those eyes from these people. He's, he's probably done some effed up stuff, those people he took those eyes from. Karabaka has regained compassion in the recent story arc through the efforts of protecting the Prince Wobble and, uh, his mother and all that, but He's, like, improved mentally, he's, like, regained some of that humanity, some of that compassion for others, but, like, he did, like, get blinded by hate and by his obsession to get those eyes. We know that he was not in a great place mentally, he was in a dark place, like, at the beginning of that Dark Conan arc when we meet him again. You know, so, I don't understand, like, this movie presents it as like, no, Karapika would never do that, but, like, we know that he, he would, we know that he did. Yeah. I don't know if those chapters where Karapika returned were out by the time this movie came out. I think they were, though, because this would have been back 2014, right? Oh, okay, so, like... No, this was 2013, so, 2013, yeah, yeah. so, I think the first batch of Dark Honor chapters came out, but... Kropka didn't show up until the second batch, right? Well, the Dark Continent arc... Oh, wait, no, no, he did show up in that batch. So, yeah, he would have... No, I think... Because that would have been 2014, I think. Yeah, yeah. It would have, because I remember those... I had caught up to Hunter. Hunter at like chapter three hundred and forty, the first chapter of Dark on an Arc, which was like when Takashi decided, "Oh, I'll take the, my hiatus now." on the first chapter of a new arc, and then he, when he came back, and that's when Karabaka was introduced. Okay, but, yeah, because that that was the first batch of chapters I read. So, yeah. yeah, so it's clear clear they did not know. Where T- Karapaka was in his character arc when Togashi was going to resume the manga. I don't know why they didn't consult Togashi to learn and understand. Oh, uh, what's your plans for Karapaka going forward? Because they clearly consulted ca- for Ahsoka. Like, I mean, yeah, on some level, unless this was a detail that was also stated in the manga before. I, I, don't, I don't think forgot, it was. I don't know. They don't really mention that he's still going to the Heavens Arena yeah. in, uh, the Chairman election, so. It's also a possibility that Togashi himself did not come up with what he wanted to do with Kurapika. But, no, I mean, we see that one still image of Kurapika surrounded by eyes in yeah. a batch of chapters from 2013, so he must have had and some inkling. He mind-kling. clearly had some sort of intention that Karapika had left, uh, Neon and like started his own thing. Yeah, so I have no clue what they were thinking of Karapika's arc in this movie because it is completely outlined with where his arc should be and the movie ends on a note where like Karapika, it doesn't seem like he's tempted to darkness, it doesn't seem like he's still grappling with that, it seems like Leorio's brought him out back to a good place and Melody like, you know, kind of. Speaks to him a little bit, and Karapika just gives a smirk, and, you know, then she smiles. You know, it seems like Karapika, you know, he's in a positive mindset. He's not motivated by revenge. He's not going to go into the darkness and have his soul, you know, be just (laughs) blinded by revenge. Everything's going to be okay, guys. Hunter x Hunter is a happy story, right? (laughs) Yeah, based on this movie, you would think it would be uh, one of those kind of series. You would think it would have the same kind of writing as fairy tale and where positivity and friendship always wins the day. There are no consequences for anyone. They're gonna just stand in front of Merwim and he's gonna die. That that's what's gonna happen. Yeah they'll just hug Merrowim. They'll just punch him once and he'll disintegrate and that'll be it. They'll make him remember he has friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. I don't even know if we really described the plot, the very basic premise of this movie, because we kept just jumping in to a bunch of things wrong with it. And our, we, of course, we jumped off from our tutor experiences to this. Which, uh by the way, so we didn't mention this. I mean, we did, but to go into further detail or just to state it more clearly. Yeah, we were the only people in this movie theater yeah. on the Saturday screening of this movie. Literally just me and Lord in an empty movie theater watching Hunter x Hunter Last Mission. Which was pretty great, because we could riff on it loudly while the movie was going without annoying anybody. Yeah, a lot of people really wanted to see this movie, clearly. Maybe they all saw it on Wednesday, but that was it. That was all the people who wanted to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad they decided to show this movie anyway, because... You know, then we could see it. And I'm glad that, uh you know, we did see it, I guess, for the theater's sake. Because we, <laughs> otherwise it would have been an empty room without us. Yeah. We drove 40 minutes to sit in an empty theater to watch this movie. But <laughs> to their credit, to the movie theater's credit, and I have to give them credit, that it started on time. Yeah. I AMC theaters. Don't start on time with these kind of screenings. Even in a full house sometimes. Remember Pokemon I Choose You? Before? Oh my god, I, I don't want to remember that. Yeah, wow. Remember Princess Mononoke in January 2017? Oh, that was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. No, this was... It started promptly. You know, they didn't have any trailers before. They had, like, that commercial for... Ooh, I hate the commercialism of Lego and... Chevrolet, what was the company? I already forgot The stupid car commercial with the Lego movie characters is like, oh my god, this is just heinous, using kids' toys to promote your stupid car. It's nothing new, I remember a Jimmy Neutron commercial with Jimmy Neutron was like, oh wow, what a great car this is, but it's really kind of sick that they appeal to children like that to sell their dumb cars. But, I digress, we will probably go into that kind of crap when we talk about Lego Movie 2, if we do. Yeah, or not, Well, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Lego Movie 2 is better than this movie, though. Oh yeah, definitely. Based on hearsay. Now, let's talk about other characters, maybe. Or, no, the premise. We still need to go over the premise. So, oh boy. So basically... Now, Willens in this movie are a group called The Shadow. Wow, what an original name. Oh my God. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, they have a different power source, uh, out, and that isn't Nen. They are powered by Own, which is, again, like a power that is fueled by malice, so it's Evil Nen, I guess, even though Nen can be used for evil, so I don't understand what makes this so different, but regardless, regardless. Anyway, basically, the Hunter Association basically had a group, which was called the Shadow, which did covert ops missions. But then one day, the Hunter Association and Netero decided, hey, you know what, let's not do this anymore. So, you know, instead of just simply disbanding the group, uh, Netero killed all the members of the Shadow, and then they relocated their families and those families, like, were supposed to live in peace, but then Pariston and some politician guy were like, no, let's throw these guys into concentration camps and, uh, work them to death. So yeah, Periston and the rest of the Hunter Association are Nazis. Essentially. And so, Netero is technically absolved from Ling because he didn't know about this, but it doesn't change the fact that the Hunter Association, uh, murdered innocent people. For no reason, really, cause just to cover up their heinous crimes in the past that they did using the Shadow group. And the Shadow members, it's not like they went rogue or anything. It's not like they were bad people. They were following the orders of the Hunter Association, even though, like, they were using this utter power source. But I don't understand what makes that power inherently evil. Like, vaguely, oh, it's powered by Malice. You know, Nen can be powered by Malice, too. Karapika's power is entirely based on his desire to kill the Phantom Troop. Yeah, it, it's a very flawed logic. Like, there, this whole concept of it being, like, evil Ned is dumb because there is literally murderers in Hunter x Hunter who use Ned. Ned is already used for malicious intent. Exactly. And these people do not seem evil. Like, I don't think they killed any innocent people in this movie. The... Like, Gaki or, like, the the trio of people who were not Jeb. I don't think they killed any innocent people. Like, even in the prison breakout at the beginning, I don't know if they actually killed anyone, did they? Didn't they, like, inject them with that, like, uh... See, they injected them with Jeb's blood to, like, control them, but that's... They didn't kill anyone, right? They had this whole bluff... Made, I don't know if they would have gone through it, but they had this whole thing, like, they were taking the entire Heavens Arena hostage, and they were, like, gonna say they're gonna execute Netero in the morning, but their goal, what they were bargaining for, was for the Hunter Association to just fess up and admit they had committed a wrong, that they committed genocide against them, that they had wronged them, to own up to the fact that they had committed atrocities in the past. And to not just hide all that, to own up and to make amends, make reparations for these people who were wrongly, wrongly persecuted, murdered. You seem like, that aspect itself seems like a Togashi thing to write. But every, how it's executed and everything around it is just wrong. It is just terrible. Because the movie tries to frame them as being blinded by revenge and uh, this evil power of own. But again, the it's so vague why the power of own is evil aside from the assertion that it's powered by malice. Which again means nothing because then can be powered by malice too. So there's this whole speech that Gong gives that oh just forgive compassion is the best thing you know don't (laughs) don't worry about all this horrible (laughs) stuff that happened to you it's okay go we definitely need to hear that from you of all people yeah you do not know the his situation at all don't even understand attempt to understand what what horrors that their people have been through what his story is at all especially since going just gonna be a hypocrite since he's gonna literally do that in the Chimera Antar. Yeah, like Jed's subordinates in this movie, as children, they saw their family members being enslaved, taken away in chains, and mercilessly beat up, you know, taken to camps where they're gonna be worked to debt. Like, as children, they saw all this stuff. You would understand, okay, I understand why these guys are motivated to get revenge, to get some sort of, you know, payback for this stuff. But, like, it's not like they want to kill people necessarily. And, I, again, I don't think that trio of characters kills anyone. Like, they beat up a few people. They inject them with Jed's blood to control them. I don't think they kill anyone, though. Like, again, they want just to make it public what happened to them you know, to reveal the Hunter Association committed wrongs against them, committed genocide, and that's not okay and that something needs to be done about it. There needs to be punishment and reparations. And also, it's pretty freaking stupid. It's pretty, so transparent how they were mining like, previous stories, pre- previous ideas by Tagashi, because the Black Report is basically chapter Black. Oh my god, it is! It's, not only does it have <laughs> black in the title, but it's like a record of the crimes against the descendants of the Shadow, a record of all the crimes and atrocities committed by the Hunter Association. For one thing, why do they keep this record at all, the Hunter Association? Why don't they burn this damn book? I don't understand why they don't do that, but aside from that, the resolution of this movie, all of the Shadow members are dead. Uh, They killed them all, basically. And the Black Report, do they publish it? Does Netero do the right thing and own up to his crimes and reveal them to the world and like make amends or make a statement of, you know what, we will, we will do right by the survivors. Of the Shadow. No. No. No, not at all. Like, don't take it away, Oh, we won't let anyone be corrupted by the power of own again. No. That was not the fucking problem go. That was not the issue here. The issue here is that the Hunter Association committed genocide. They put the descendants of the Shadow in concentration camps. They slaughtered all the members of the Shadow for no reason to to cover up their crimes. They they didn't have to kill all the members of the Shadow. They definitely did not have to kill all the members of our family. Goon doesn't know anything. They don't publish any of the Black Report. It's, It's just locked away. Oh, well, no consequences at all. Nothing's gonna change. This could all happen again. To another group of people because no one's learned lessons from it. Netero has not genuinely repented, has he? What did he do? He says, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I, I killed you and all that. No, that's pretty insincere. Like, we know Netero is not a, actually a good person from the Chimera Antark, Because he did yeah, a pretty heinous like... thing. Like, he used, like, one of the worst evil inventions of humanity to kill Meruem. Like, so we know that Nero is not a good person, necessarily. But all the same, like, there's not even a question posed as to what is morally right here. What should the right thing be done? And I think that's pretty heinous when you're very transparently using symbolism reminiscent of the Holocaust. And depicting these scenes of the shadow members being carted away to concentration camps to be worked to death. Yeah, it's it's not pleasant at all. It's heinous to me to have a story like that. To have a story where you have survivors of basically a Holocaust-like event try to make it public what was done to them and to have that all be completely swept under the way, make it out to say no, you guys were the bad guys, and who cares about you? You shouldn't be out for revenge. That's bad. You should. You. <laughs> we won't do anything about this. We won't live up to the mistakes. You should just forgive us and give on with your lives. Let's, let's let all the past go. Let's let's not think about this so hard. Why can't you just? Why can't she just live, man? Why can't she just live and forget? Have some compassion, man. That's the most uncompassionate thing I've ever heard. That is a very un message, I think. At the end of Chapter Black arc in Yu Yu show, they don't spread the Chapter Black, right? Because in that story arc, like, he realizes, you know... The Chapter Black is just one side of the story. It's basically just propaganda. It's showing all the evils of humanity, but there are good humanity too. So let's just destroy this tape. It has no purpose. But that's not true. That's not the same with the Black Report. Yeah, like, the thing when, n- the thing in Chapter Black is that the reason they never, that, that tape exists is to see both sides of humanity. It's yeah. not a black and white situation. And here, they just have this thing that shouldn't exist. And they don't even want to publish it. They want to just hide it away. And it's like, it's just disturbing. Well, yeah, for one thing, again, if it's, if they don't want this truth to get out, why didn't you just destroy the records? For I don't understand what well, 100 Association is keeping this book around for. But the bigger problem here is that this is not a, this is not like a situation where Oh, we're not gonna reveal this out to the world because this is not telling the full story. No, the black report is telling the full story. It is telling the story that is being hidden from the rest of the world, of all the atrocities that Hunter Union committed, of the genocide they committed. Publishing the Black Report, making it known to the world, is the just thing here. That would be justice. That would be how you would make reper help make reparations. For Oh, we know, there are still survivors. Maybe those people in the prison were survivors of what had happened. I, I think that's what, yeah, what they were. Yeah, so, them. you know, I don't think all of those guys are dead, right? That's another thing. Are those guys going to just go back to the prison now? Are they going to be put back in the same situation where they're going to be in these concentration camps, labor camps, and work to that? I mean, I'd hope. Not now that Ninero knows about this. I'm sure he's gonna have a stern talk with Pariston and Pariston's gonna be like, well, well, you hey know. I did, nothing Brawl. Well, of course, You're no consequences true. are gonna come to Pariston for all this shit. Yeah, I mean, fuck Pariston. Then. Pariston's a piece of shit. Yeah, Pariston is an evil person. You know, don't, I, that's obvious. But, like, again, no consequences, no amends for change. Just nothing. And that's so heinous when you're using a Holocaust allegory. An allegory of a group of people sent to concentration camps, forced labor camps, to be worked to debt. To eradicate their entire group. That's heinous to me. That they would write a story around that and have the ending that it does. Where it's like, oh no, we're going to forget about this. The the real problem was this this evil power. You know, but it's good now. Now everyone who has that evil power is dead, and now everything is better. You know, let's forget the fact that the good guys, the guys with the good power, the Nen power, are the one who committed the most evil stuff here. We don't even know what kind of things the Shadow did. That was so bad that required all of them to be killed off by Netero. We never get a sense of that. What the Hunter Association in the present day. Niro allows pretty evil people in it. It does some pretty evil things, but yeah, they allow mass murderers like Hisoka and even like members of the found troop to get hunter licenses. It's not like they're a just system, yeah, so what is so bad about the shadow? I, to me, it just reads that they're prejudiced against this power system of own, and they want to wipe the power off from the earth. But they, again, they don't establish what makes it so evil and why it's such a bad thing, really, other than, oh, it has black aura, so it's evil, because, you know, that's, that's, that's coding, That's that's like... Just their, uh, cliche. It's, it's racial color coding. Okay. Oh God, you put another level onto it. Yeah, you could say that. But again, they they basically get what they wanted because now everyone who had that power is ostensibly dead. Uh, everyone who all the survivors are gonna go back into their prison camps where they'll probably rot away until they die. Like, it's it's heinous. It's like this kind of story. I said that word a lot, but I really want to emphasize that that this isn't just a badly written, generic, shown-in-action movie. This has some really shitty, terrible implications when you think about what it's appropriating from history, what it's drawing parallels to, and what conclusions it comes to. These, this is a. It has a really, really shitty message. A really un-hunter-hunter message. Hunter-hunter. is such a bleak world, but ultimately there is compassion there is hope in it and that's what is compelling about it there is humanity even in the bleakness of it and this movie is this movie tries to say that it's conclusion is one of compassion but really it's one of suppression and oppression and forgetting the past which is a really dangerous message I can't emphasize that enough I, I I think we're running around in circles here at this point so I guess bottom line, Hunter Hunter the Last Mission is just awful. It is awful. But aren't there any other nitpicks you want to mention though? I feel like there were a few. If if I do at this point I've just kind of forgotten of them. And I feel like at this point we really like drilled down like I think we really how, emphasized the point of what makes this movie such a bad story. <laughs> like when you really think about it, like on a conceptual level, what it does and what it's saying. So yeah, if you if you didn't get, manage to get to see this movie in theaters, uh, you you didn't miss much. It it was probably for the best that you didn't see it. Man, Higashi did such a better take on these kind of ideas with the Phantom Troop and their situation, and the character of uh crap, what was his name? The guy that they made such a big deal of in Chimera Ant that was like gonna start a revolution or whatever. The guy that Gyro. Gyro, yeah. They like his backstory. They made. A- was like a much better exploration of similar ideas, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. But yeah. Some straight dots, I guess. Oh, again, again, there's so many pointless cameos for no reason other than, oh, look, it's that guy from the Greed Island arc that they palled around with. Remember this? Remember that? (laughs) Remember him? Remember stuff you like from the series? Isn't that so great? (sighs) Ugh. They have Bisky in this movie, but they don't give her enough to do, which is really lame. They give Zushi more screen time than Bisky, which pisses me off. They <laughs> give Ahsoka more screen time than Bisky, which pisses... Uh, you know, it wouldn't piss me off if Ahsoka did anything. but Like, even Bisky does more than Ahsoka, even though she's barely in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we're basically done with this then. <laughs> They're cute Gone and Killua movie uh moments at some points. You know, there's that funny moment where they're like hiding behind the like stand-in and which has a super buff He Man Oh yeah yeah that Kilua has his face on the like uh weary buffsami girl he's holding. Uh see there's there's nice Go and Kilua shipping moments, you know, uh, that's cute. I like that as a Go and Killua shipper. I think that the fight that Gonkilwa have with Gaki, the Mohawk guy that had some decent moments, like when Gon used his fishing hook, which, you know, I guess Heaven's Rito just suddenly has for some reason, uh, to ensnare Gaki and, like, crash him into, like, the elevator walls. And then Killua later, like, uses magnetism to ca- throw the elevator up at him, and then later, like, snags him on something, uh, and then Gon, like, uses his punch to knock him out, to, like, take him out, basically. You know, there are some decent moments. That was, like, the only couple of decent fighting moments. But otherwise, the fights are very unstrategic and very unhunter-hunter. Again, the villains don't have interesting powers. I don't understand why the girl... The whole thing, I thought, was that the girl's powers activated upon her death, but she wasn't alive by the end of the movie. So, I don't... And and she completely gives up, I guess, on her ambition to, you know, get justice for her people who were wrongly murdered because Killua gets a speech about his friends, uh, I guess. That was dumb. Gon beats... Uh, the most unearned thing is the ending, that Gon beats Jed because Gon takes on all this power, all the, the evil power of Own, but then Killua, through the power of friendship, breaks him out of it. So then he has like this transformation where he has Nen and Own and he punches Jeb really hard and Jeb disintegrates and then he gives a stupid compa- speech that is like completely unearned because he knows freaking nothing about these guys. So that was really really dumb. And there's this whole ticking clock thing with Karabaka, which is like, oh, is Karaka gonna give in and make a contract with Neon? Which like you know, he's not. And, and like they don't even draw any parallels to, like, the actual degradation of his sanity and morals that actually, you know, we know happens at some point between York New and when we see him again at the beginning of Dark Continent because of how messed up mentally he is at the beginning of that art, so they don't even do anything interesting to set that up. And I think that runs the gamut of my complaints with this film. Yeah, it is not very good at all. It is very unhunterhunter in its writing it is even worse than a generic shonen action movie because its story ideas are handle very delicate subject matter with real world implications that it messes up really poorly in a way that is very dangerous when it's not think, taught about when it's not talked about and like criticized and just accepted the way it is. Uh, We Lord, would you recommend this at all to Hunter x Hunter fans? Like, even just renting the DVD from the library and watching it. Would you recommend anyone ever watch this movie? I feel like you could spend, uh, an hour and a half watching something more productive. Just watch actual Hunter x Hunter. <laughs> just well, watch... watch. actual Hunter x Hunter or watch a good anime movie. Yeah. Would you say among only anime movies we've covered on this show, anime franchise movies in particular, is this towards the bottom of the barrel, could this actually be worse than Fairy Tale Dragon Cry? Because after talking about it, I think even when at some of the gross shit in Fairy Tale Dragon Cry, I think just because of what uh, some of the ideas this movie uses and how badly it does them, this movie is worse. I mean, like, the thing with the fairy tale Dragon Cry is that I do zero shits about fairy tales, so that movie just bored me to death. Yeah. This movie is a franchise I actually care about. But doesn't that make handling... it handling... the more worse? Yeah, and in handling this material this way, it makes it worse, because I am legitimately disappointed in it, handling it this way. Mm hmm. So, I think that does it. For our review of Hunter Hunter, the last mission. Hopefully the last time we will ever have to talk about it. Yep. Hopefully. Though I probably will write a review of it as well. Which should oh be God. up on <laughs> Maybe before this podcast comes out, maybe not. I have no clue how fast I'll edit this episode and release it, but... Hey, with this recording, we are finally back to recording new episodes of Mongrel Rapsack Movies, and we have a lot of more episodes on the way, for sure, because we'll probably record an episode about I Want to Eat Your Pancreas really soon, we'll have an episode about Dragon Ball Super Broly at some point. There's so many anime movies coming out these days that you'll definitely see a lot more at Movies episodes on the way, and they definitely will be focused more on anime movies, with maybe some occasional other animated or superhero movies thrown in, depending on if we can get some friends who would have a lot to say about them on for those episodes. I mean, like, Captain Marvel, Avengers, Star Wars, I think those things are fair game. Yeah. But I don't think you'll be seeing us reviewing, like, The Favourite or, like, Green Book or movies like that. Yeah. We we see, the, we see regular movies, like, on a weekly basis if not more so yeah. that just becomes overwhelming i mean you will hear us talk about them when we record our oscars podcasts in the near future yeah you definitely will uh, then yeah but that will probably be one of the few occasions that we do we probably will not be covering movies along the lines of baby driver or logan lucky anymore just like anime movies and occasional superhero or animated stuff yeah unless it's like a movie i guess that blows us away Yeah, unless it's a movie that we really want to talk about and, like, we really want to spread love for. But I think most of those kind of movies are the anime movies. Yeah, I mean, like, the movie I'm looking forward to the most right now is the Fate Stay Night movie in, uh, in March. And, yeah, we'll definitely have an episode on that when that comes out. But I think that does it for this episode of Among America's At Movies. We're back. I think we're going to be better than ever. We got a lot of anime movies on the horizon, so a lot of episodes on the horizon. And I'm excited for it. So, until the next episode, VLOR, where can the good people find you? The people can find me on Twitter at VelourGTZ. Um, I'm usually just posting what I'm doing or what I'm reading and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, if you want to uh figure out what I'm, like, doing manga or anime watching-wise and stuff like that, just follow me on there. I'm also currently writing manga reviews for all com, specifically Hinomoto Sumo, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, and Actage, and I might also do a few other reviews here and there as well for new series. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. Mm-hmm. As for me, you can find me at Lumramiyasha on Twitter, and as Romiasha on a variety of places, including Animation, Revelation, analyst and wherever there is a Romiasha, that's where you can find me. I also write reviews for all comiccom like anime, film reviews, and manga reviews. I have written a review for Dragon Ball Super Broly, which you can check out, and I will also have a review out for Hunter Hunter The Last Mission, around the same time this podcast releases, if not within the same time frame because I usually don't control when those uh, posts get posted. But, you know, it should be out in the near future. And as for the show, you can find Manga Mavericks and Movies and our other Manga Mavericks podcasts on all-common.com. That's where they're posted first. But we're also on a variety of places, including iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, all the podcast apps you can think of, we are on there, most likely. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Manga underscore Mavericks. You can follow us on Tumblr at mavericks.tumblr.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Manga Mavericks! You can just search for that and you'll find it. And, of course, we would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you choose, because that helps people... Find the podcast. It helps the podcast reach more audiences. As with subscribing, watching, and liking our content on YouTube. That really helps us grow. And we've been growing a lot, but we want to grow even more. So that would be greatly appreciated. But if you also want to send us some feedback, questions, comments, reviews, let us know what movies you would like to see. Let us know what your thoughts on Hunter Hunter The Last Mission are. You can send those to our email, mongomavericks at gmail.com. And we always look forward to hearing your guys' feedback. You can also uh, leave us a comment in our Discord channel, our Manga our Discord channel. Link in the description. And you can also just look that up. And if you want to support the show and support what we're doing, help us uh, gain some money that will help us uh, pay for anime tickets, because you have to pay $30 to see this movie. Uh, oh, so. yeah, we did. You know, if you want to give us a nice tip, a donation to help us pay for our movie tickets and manga and all that good stuff, you can uh, drop me a Ko-fi at my Ko-fi account. Link for that is also in the description. And that would really help me out. But, until next time, until the next Monarchs at Movies, this has been Lama Masha and Lord, and we will see you in the next one. And see.